Hello, and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Conversation, we're going to talk with Deborah Severson, Public Health Lab Director with the Fairfax County Health Department, and she's going to talk about what it's like to be a laboratorian. I'm, I'm surprised I got through that word, but also talk about all the services that they perform in the largest local public health department lab in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So, Deborah, or Deb, if I can call you that, you thanks may. for thanks for being with us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this conversation because it's definitely something I don't know anything about. So uh, you're going to educate me and provide a lot of good information, I'm sure, to our residents that are listening. So first of all, we're going to talk about the public health lab here in Fairfax County. Would it be a stretch to say most people probably don't know that there's a public health lab in Fairfax County? No, I think that's a very accurate statement. Um, I do not think a lot of people even know we exist mm. and why we exist. Okay. Well, that's a good place then. How about why, why do you exist? Why does the, the public health lab within the Fairfax County Health Department exist? What do you do? So to give a little perspective, I think most people understand medical laboratories as far as hospital laboratories and what their focus is. And in, in the clinical laboratory world, in hospitals and reference lab, their focus is on acute care, healing the patient. Mm -hmm. So public health labs, in, and across the nation we have both local and state, and we're a local public health lab, their focus is on the community and on healing and keeping the community healthy. And that's, that's a big difference between the two laboratories. Mm -hmm. So our testing is at a different level. Where in the clinical world, when you're acutely ill, you're looking at the patient and you may be drawing glucoses to see if they're diabetic. Right. In the public health world, we deal mostly with communicable diseases oh, okay. and hazards, um, health hazards, as well as environmental hazards. Okay. It, testing would then be, if I'm looking or thinking about the testing, more wide-scale, broader-based, looking at, at maybe more things? Absolutely. In, in the public health world, not only are we a clinical lab providing clinical testing on humans, but we also have an environmental laboratory here in Fairfax where we do, we are certified to provide drinking water testing. Huh. So we test drinking water. We also do rabies testing. So anytime somebody uh, is confronted with an animal that's possibly rabid, that animal is sent to us and we do the testing for rabies. We also have a molecular lab um, where we test mosquito pools in, uh, in support of oh, wow. um, the county has a very robust disease carrying insects program where they go out and collect and trap the mosquitoes and ticks and they bring them to our lab and we identify um, whether or not they have West Nile virus and also we just recently brought on Zika virus as well so mm. we can actually very quickly um, respond to emerging pathogens. All right. We're uh, enjoying talking about this uh, this topic because uh, the week of April 23rd through 29 was National Laboratory Professionals Week, but you just mentioned mosquitoes and Zika and I, I think four different types of labs within the lab, I guess. Right. So this is a, there may be busier times during the year, but this is a an ongoing year-round, constantly going lab oh, and work and things that you're doing. Absolutely. We, in our clinical world, which is most of our, our testing that we perform here in Fairfax, 
we support the county health department's program, so the tuberculosis program, the TB program, um, by providing um, complete culturing and identification and sensitivity testing of samples submitted for um, suspects mm-hmm. who might be, have tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Um, we also support the communicable disease, so anytime there's a foodborne outbreak at a hotel or, or a restaurant, our environmental health specialists go and investigate, but we would do the sample testing in-house at our laboratory Mm -hmm. um, in conjunction with our state lab. So the other piece of public health labs that's a little different from the clinical world is not only do Mm -hmm. we identify the pathogens, but we also do the surveillance piece. So we're looking at, you know, how do we connect the dots in a foodborne outbreak? How do we know that your salmonella might be the same strain of salmonella as someone you know who lives blocks away and so that's the big piece of of public health laboratory testing that is really different than in the clinical world Mm. so we we connect the dots and we can tell you if if you're a a part of that same outbreak or if you're a different strain means you got it somewhere else (laughs) and i'm going to ask a very simple question i'm sure it's a very very complicated answer how is that accomplished? I mean, not only are you having the, the lab work and identifying stuff, but then there's this other part of the process about is your salmonella, your salmonella or whatever. I mean, that sounds uh, like a huge task that would be very difficult to, to, it is. to complete. And it's a higher level of testing. And so mm-hmm. um, that would then what would be done in a clinical setting. So, you know, there's a there are several different tests that we use to identify these but we're what we're doing is typing different strains so we once we identify that say it's a salmonella then we need to know which grouping it is and then what strain it is so Mm. there's different levels of testing that we perform that we can identify whether that is the same organism in in each outbreak right and if it's not then you have to look for where this second pathogen where they got theirs from. So oh, it might goodness. be two different outbreaks right. of the same organism that end up commingling wow. in a region or an area. So as I mentioned in the, the beginning, the, the lab is one of the largest in Virginia, uh, or not one of, it is the largest in Virginia, performing over a quarter of a million scientific tests annually. And according to the website, four different labs, if you will, in one one lab or four different sections, the the biology with the West Nile and the Zika and the rabies lab and then the environmental with drinking water and then the clinical with the uh, words I can't pronounce like bacteriology and parasitology, parasitology, thank you, hepatitis, HIV, foodborne outbreaks, etc. Is there one area of the lab or, or these sections of the labs that are that are busier have more work. Uh, is it pretty even uh, workflow, time of year, et cetera? Kind of kind of dive into the the four areas if you could. So first, I just would like to correct that we're the largest local public health lab. We do have a state. Sorry about that. Public yep. health yep. lab. I had that written right Richmond. there. Yep. Correct. Um, but to answer your question, um, it depends on the season. In our clinical environment environment testing, we that's a pretty consistent level of testing. We're always busy there supporting all these different programs from mm-hmm. the health department. Mm-hmm. So the STD testing, we send t- our scientists out to the actual clinics and they actually do perform some 
microscopic analysis right oh, there at the okay. clinic so oh, they can give the results immediately and people can get treated very quickly. Um, so in our clinical lab, our volume remains pretty consistent. When we're looking at our molecular and our mosquito testing, that, of course, is seasonal because True, we're right. in the north, so we don't have mosquitoes during the winter. Right. So we're just beginning our mosquito season this week, and um, we usually begin somewhere in the, the late April, early May season, and we begin continue testing through October. Mm. So those months are very busy gotcha. for our molecular lab. Right. The rabies lab, again, is, is more busy in the summer because more animals that are out and sense. about. That makes sense, right. An environmental lab where we do the drinking water, that's pretty consistent yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. So it just depends. Interesting. How does one get to this, this, uh, this career path, I guess? You mentioned a couple of times the scientist in the lab. So science background, obviously, that type of mentality, thinking. Um, what, what brings someone to want to work in a, in a public health lab, I guess? So typical laboratorians are, um, a lot of them are introverts. They really are perfectionist and meticulous in their work. They pay a lot of attention to detail. They love to problem solve. And so when they were younger, they probably loved doing puzzles or cooking with recipes. You know, a, a good scientist will be also a good cook usually in that mm. they'll look at a recipe and their first thought is, how do I change this to make it better? <laughs> um, you know, they, it's very similar thought processes. They're very detail-oriented. Um, as far as educational background, in order to work in a laboratory, um, the requirements, the minimal requirements, are that you have a bachelor's degree in it, preferably um, clinical laboratory science, which entails a BS degree in the clinical laboratory science field with an additional year's internship in a certified um, laboratory mm -hmm. somewhere in the nation. Wow. And they, d they spend a full year actually in the clinical laboratory continuing their coursework as well as on the bench performing testing. Mm. And then they sit at the end of that training for a national examination. So they end up with a certification as a clinical laboratory scientist. You can also enter the field as a BS in a life science with biology or chemistry. Oh, okay. um, would would be acceptable as an entry-level mm -hmm, mm -hmm. position as well, but preferably a clinical laboratory science program. Right. And uh, in the lab, I have several questions. I'm, I'm making notes here because I wanna, don't want to make sure, make sure I, I forget them. Um, dealing every day with, with running tests and doing analysis, is there a lot of paperwork? Oh, there's a tremendous amount of regulatory issues we mm. deal with, which is part of the reason for the clinical laboratory science background. Mm. Um, we deal with a lot of, for every test we do, we perform a lot of quality control with it to make sure that our tests mm. are valid and, and operating properly. And our, all of our scientists must know how to troubleshoot whatever they're running, be it an automated instrument or you know just a process they need to troubleshoot it. Everything requires documentation, so mm. all of our quality control is documented. We have to do proficiency tests where we get samples from a unknown provider and they send us unknowns. We test them, send the results back, and we're graded on that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that goes into um, laboratory science right. regulatory-wise. Right. So, and we have different regulatory bodies. For our clinical testing, we're actually regulated through CLIA, which is the Clinical Laboratory 
improvement amendments. And in the environmental world, we're actually regulated um, by our state lab, Division of Consolidated Laboratories in Richmond, who have oh, okay. primacy through EPA. Oh, wow. And they okay. come out and audit us every two years and um, make sure we're performing all of the regulatory requirements right. appropriately. Well, and I was looking at the website, and I was going to talk about the uh, the standards and the, and the gradings, if you will, because uh, one of the paragraphs on the site talked about being certified as a biosafety level three, which confirms that the facility meets or exceeds national standards uh, established by the National Institutes of Health. So a lot of, uh, lot of oversight and making sure things are, are done properly, up to code, up to spec, that type of thing. Correct. So not only are our scientists um, actually, we assess their competency annually, but we also have to have our facilities assessed as mm -hmm. well. So mm -hmm. we annually have a contractor come in and make sure that all of our our system are operating properly. Right. We're on the county conversation talking talking with Deborah Severson, uh, public health lab director with the Fairfax County Health Department, and uh, we we talked earlier about the county's uh, local public health department lab being the the largest in Virginia, but you also mentioned that there was a state lab. So how, how, do, how does that work with, with Fairfax County Health Department having a local lab, but then there also being a state laboratory, coordination, uh, oversight, working together, one does one thing, one does another? Just kind of explain that a little bit. So each state has a state public health lab, and they are tasked with certain functions that they must provide to the community. And they're their oversight, they're looking at their state as a whole, and they're looking at the health of their state. So as you can imagine, in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, if you look at our state and the demographics, the Northern Virginia region is very different mm -hmm. from the rest of Virginia. Mm -hmm. So one of the benefits um, of having a local public health lab, and each state has different numbers of them. California has 20-some, and uh -huh. they all have different focuses. Um, we have two here in, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, mm. Fairfax and Arlington. And the beauty of having a local public health lab is that we can customize our testing services and our testing menu to focus on our area so and what our mm. needs are here. And it's really, I think, evident in Virginia because of the, the difference between Northern Virginia's needs right. as well as the rest of right. the state. So this allows us to bring testing on board in response to emerging pathogens like Zika last year. Mm. And we were able to work collaboratively with our state public health lab mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And we both brought Zika testing of mosquito pools on board and we validated each other's methods and we oh, wow, shared okay. information and shared knowledge. So we work very closely with our, our cohorts down in Richmond. Right. And it's a very good relationship because we share reagents, we share methods, we share a lot of information and we help each other out in mm -hmm. any way we can. We are actually a Sentinel lab in the National Laboratory Response Network for our state lab. And um, that means that if, if the state lab should reach capacity, we can provide surge testing for them. Oh, wow. So we do a lot of work for them um, right. as well. I know there's not a, a typical or an average, but you mentioned the Zika and the mosquito testing and that type of thing. 
how long of a process are we talking about when we're when we're testing? I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm sure it's not. Well, we can get everything done in six weeks for any case, but let, just use the Zika, for example. How long did that take and kind of what was involved? So bringing the method on board takes several months. You have mm. to um, actually, there's a lot of regulatory um, steps that you have to follow. So you have to, you know, perform different sorts of testing on your target. So we look for accuracy, we look for precision. We also have to find the limited detection. So at what limit can we detect that virus in this mosquito pool? Mm. So we have to run you know, many pools to gather right. that information and come up with um, a valid mm. result. So we validate the method first and then we bring it on board and we run controls as I mentioned. We also do proficiency tests um, to make sure that we can identify it. Right. And so it does take usually between anywhere from six to eight weeks to okay. do um, a validation and verification. Sometimes it can take longer. Okay. Well, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't yeah. realize it. <laughs> Once we get it on board, the yeah. actual testing of, a, of the mosquito pools, we, we have um, the capacity in our lab to do 96 pools on one plate on one run, and we can run two runs a day. So, wow. Um, you know, the actual testing, once we get the method validated, right. is, is rep rapid. Right. Okay. So the, so the first part, obviously, is the harder part. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how, how did you get to the public health lab here in Fairfax County? What, what, what was your career path and interest that, that brought you here? So my career path when I went to college, um, back in those days, there were not a lot of options as there are now for anybody, male or female. And I knew I loved science and I loved math and there was a med tech program and which has now become the clinical laboratory science program. Oh, okay. So I entered that because I love science and math and I also, as I said, I like puzzles and mm. I like figuring things out. And you change recipes whenever you can. And I right? can change recipes whenever I can. <laughs> So I did my BS degree there and my internship and sat, sat for the national exam and passed. And so my first part of my career, I worked in a clinical hospital lab. Mm. And I, my first year I did um, general lab, so I worked in all areas of the lab. And then I migrated to microbiology because I love it. And it's become a passion for me. And so the rest of my career followed microbiology. I then got married and moved to Chicago, and I worked in the Veterans Hospital in microbiology. Oh, wow. And then um, we ended up in Fairfax, and I had not worked for a few years. I took time off to raise my children, and a position opened up at Fairfax Health Department in the environmental lab, which oh, I, right. I did not have experience in. So I started my career here in the environmental lab and worked my way up from a, a scientist to the supervisor. Oh, wow. And then in 2012, I became the director oh, of neat. our laboratory. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And still have the passion for microbiology. Right. I go in on the weekends and look at my plates and <laughs> all of that just to remember. Oh, neat. Yeah. All right. We are unfortunately right on that cusp of our time limit, but want to remind folks that we're talking with Deborah Severson, the Public Health Lab Director with Fairfax County's Health Department. I want to let you have the final word as we wrap it up and just your opportunity to let anyone listening um, know what you want them to know or that they, they might not know about the, the Fairfax County Public Health Lab. So, Final thoughts, final closing word from you. 
Well, I guess my final thoughts would be to let everybody know that we do have very, very, very qualified laboratory here in Fairfax that we can customize our menu to our needs in this locality. And we are supporting all of the public health initiatives and that anybody who has a passion for science or a passion for helping people as they continue their education, think about entering the clinical laboratory science world or public health world. Um, it is very rewarding in a very different manner from uh, the acute care setting. Mm -hmm. You can help so many people in public health. So I would, I would encourage everybody to look at that as a right. career path right. in some way, shape, or form. Okay. And if folks need or want more information, they can, I'm assuming, go to fairfaxcounty.gov HD, which is the health department's web uh, uh, presence on the county website, and just maybe do a search for a public health lab or something like that. Correct. Okay. All right. Deb, Deborah, thanks for being with us on the County Conversation. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I learn something every time we do this, and math and science was not my strong suit. So uh, <laughs> just being able to pronounce some of the words, I feel like I've been educated. So definitely uh, thanks for, for enlightening us about the public health lab here in Fairfax County. Uh, thanks to you as well for uh, listening to the County Conversation, and uh, please do us a favor, share this with your friends and family so that we can increase our audience and provide more information to residents of Fairfax County. Speaking of news, if you'd like to get more Fairfax County news and event information, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the County Conversation, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.